Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. As always, I am your host, Candy Washington, and I cannot wait to help you lead a more joyful life. And before we dive into today's episode, which I am sure will be a very inspiring conversation with Tanya Lester, be sure to check out the description box or the show notes below. If you need more support, we have our Journey to Self-Love journal along with courses and one-on-one coaching. And don't forget to grab our free self-love guide and get on our newsletter as well. Everything is linked down below. So with that, let's dive into today's conversation. So Tanya is a licensed clinical social worker, a private psychotherapist, a Psychology Today contributor and author. And for over 16 years, she has taught couples and individuals how to manage their minds, and emotions, develop relationships that are mutually respectful and supportive, and approach decision-making and communication with clarity and courage. So welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me, Candy. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and and also your journey and what led you into this work that you do? Sure. Um, I'm a psychotherapist in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, I've, I've done this for a lot of my adult life. Although initially I was an actor and uh, I think that what the two things have in common is just really a lot of interest in human behavior, what makes people tick and relationships, right? Relate the quality of our relationships is the quality of our life. And uh, so if I can help support people in building their relationships, either individually or as couples who come see me, I feel like that's important work that I'm honored to do. Absolutely. And what are some indicators that our relationships need work? Because I know sometimes we don't even have the awareness that something is wrong or unhealthy or dysfunctional because it's been normalized. Like, well, this is just how it is. I just have to put up with it or this is as good as it's going to get. So what are some of the things that can be going on or happening that we're experiencing that could kind of tap into that awareness of, hey, you know what? something's got to change here. Maybe my relationship isn't healthy. And what are some mm-hmm. things that I can do to get to a better place? Sure. So I think there's kind of two buckets that that uh, most of those sort of indicators would fall into. One is if you feel like you have to suppress or hide a lot of yourself from your partner. Uh, that, mm-hmm. of course, is a red flag. Right. We usually go into partnerships because we're seeking emotional intimacy and a feeling that someone is really deeply on our team and can see us and can see the parts of us that we love about us, as well as the parts of us that we wish were were different (laughs) and can kind of accept, you know, not that not that they have to love every single part of us, but that we're we're accepted and seen. Yes. So a red flag I see happening a lot is someone who feels like they have to be extremely careful about what they share, hide a certain part of their life, manage their partner's reactions very carefully. So sometimes there can be a lot of over accommodating and a lot of sort of 
planning and gentle nudging as opposed to feeling like they can be very honest and straightforward and not in an attacking way, but in a like, this is what's happening for me. This is what I would like. And I think that people that very often people fall into patterns of like these subtle shifts and adjustments, and then they wake up having been in the relationship for quite a while mm -hmm. thinking, oh, this person doesn't even know me because I haven't been sharing who I am or this relationship is so stressful because I have to behave a certain way all the time in order for things to feel smooth and good. So that's one, one bucket. Another one is sort of on the other end of that is, do you feel like your partner gets your A game? Or do you feel like you kind of are acting out on your partner? Do you often feel like you have to apologize for bad behavior? Um, do you feel like maybe sometimes you intimidate or scare or manipulate your partner? You know, sometimes we are reenacting either relationships we saw growing up that aren't healthy or our own past trauma in a way that's, that's really destructive. So it's not that I have to be perfect, not that I can't make any mistakes, but do I feel like I'm taking full responsibility of my actions and my emotions in this relationship? and with a partner who can do the same. And that's what emotional maturity is. And if you feel like, oh, it's just when I get really angry, I can't be responsible for what I say, or, you know, it's because, you know, they should know I'm jealous. Like, no, 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 <laughs> none, none of that. That's nonsense, right? So those are the two, those are the two buckets. I'd put those warning signs in. Definitely. And it seems at the core of, of both of those is communication like communicating what your needs are, and then also almost a lack of self-love and, and, and knowing yourself. It's like, if you feel like your partner doesn't know you, but I think the real question is, do I know myself and am I able to communicate and share that in a safe way with my partner? So what are some things that we can do for saying, you know, like you said, you're finding yourself in your relationship that your partner doesn't see or appreciate you, or you're withholding that of your of yourself, instead of saying what my partner isn't saying, how can we sort of take that power back and say, well, what can I do to show up more fully for myself? 100%. That's a great yeah. question. So it's important to challenge the beliefs we have that are keeping us silent in the first place. And one thing I see come up with clients a lot is this idea that there's a binary choice we have when we speak up to our partner, which is either I say nothing or I say it so gently and I'm so careful that I'm essentially mute, right, you know, in, in this relationship, or I am lashing out and being mean and extremely aggressive. And if you are someone who's fallen into that mindset, it's very, very useful to see a therapist, to do a lot of journaling around what these invisible scripts are that you're carrying around in your mind and to notice how you're thinking about it, like, you know, I, you know, I had someone who didn't want to tell their um, mother-in-law to only buy things on the registry, like did it, <laughs> you know, the mom was, or the mother-in-law had a very strong personality and very yeah. strong sense of her own aesthetic. And I said, oh, well, what if you told her that it was just important to you that the nursery look like it belongs in the rest of your house and to please stick yeah. to things on the registry. And that would mean a lot to you. And she was like, I can't just tell her that. 
I hate her and her taste is terrible. And I was like, um, this isn't what I was suggesting. Yeah, that wasn't what I said at all. You know, so I think people get very into their head about sort of what's allowed and how people will will take what they're take what they're hearing. So if you're very if you really struggle with this, you know, certainly I recommend getting support, but you can also sort of write down ahead of time and you can use a framework of this is so simple. Just mm-hmm. I want to share what's going on with me and I have this request. And almost anything can be put into that frame and be neutral, right? Like we can say, um, you know, even something like we can say, you know, when you drink too much, I find myself getting really nervous and, and feeling edgy and upset. And my request is that we just don't drink when we go out together anymore. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life, but this is, this is, it's too agitating for me, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's, that is saying something important, right? But that's not accusatory. It's not demanding that the other person take responsibility for you. It's saying, this is what's okay with me. This is what's not okay with me. And I like the framework a lot of saying, um, you know, instead of like, you're making me so angry, you can Mm -hmm. say, I notice that I get upset when this happens. And so here's how I'm going to deal with it. And this is my request of you. And you can say yes or say, say no, but then I'm going to, I'm going to make my decisions from there, right? I'm not going to just try and manage you and I'm not going to pretend it's not happening. Oh, I love that. That is so powerful. What came up for me when you said that was, it, it was not putting the other person on the defensive, like, you're wrong and this is what you're doing wrong. It's, you're putting the power back in your position saying, well, this is me and this is how I, how I feel and this is how I'm going to show up for myself. And then I'm offering you in a loving way this boundary that I have in the form of a request, right? And you can 100%. either participate in that boundary or not participate in that boundary. But I'm telling you, this is how I'm going to love myself and love you at the same time. And you can opt in or opt out. That's right. Yeah, oh, I love that. That's 100%. super powerful. That's super powerful. And I know you have um, a book, like, be, don't worry about being difficult and to speak up. Do you want to yeah. talk about that? Because I, I love that. Like, I'm personally, um, I used to be very, very codependent. Like, I could not mm-hmm. speak up. I could not say no. I was hustling for my worthiness all over the place, looked at it in the last place, which is obviously within. (laughs) So I just think that your book is going to be a game changer for for people who have suffered in the past the way I used to. So do you want to talk about it? Yeah, sure. That's it's precisely for people who are suffering in exactly the way you're talking about. Um, What I was finding in my work is is a lot of women, you know, not men also end up in this position, but Mm -hmm. I think that women, there's so much socialization around being responsible for relationships and not having anyone get upset with you and being, you know, being assertive, being called being angry or aggressive and, and all these sort of tropes that women are, are dealing with. And, um, I would find in my work when I was offering something like, um, okay, let's, you know, let's explore this a little bit. What, what's the simplest, most direct, efficient thing you could say? Mm. And to me, it would be very mild. It would be like, uh, yeah, we have different plans for Christmas this year. <laughs> you know, 
and they would be like, you know, as though I had suggested throwing a hand grenade in the middle of their family room. And, uh, and what I kept hearing over and over is like, I don't want anyone to think I'm being difficult. And yeah, it really got to the point where I was thinking, why? <laughs> What's so bad about being difficult? And so much of this is back to what I was saying at the beginning. It's if we don't share what's going on with us and what we're thinking about, no one, no one knows who we are, right? And relationships, if good relationships are the bedrock to a good life, sharing and being honest and we can do that in a tender way, right? And so allowing ourselves to be seen and really wanting to see other people and that that vulnerability, that's the bedrock of, of healthy relationships, right? That's the bedrock of emotional intimacy. And it's with a partner, it's with your mom, it's with your best friend, right? These are in all of our relationships. And sometimes I think women get the message that no one else should sort of have to deal with us right? Like all of our stuff should be handled. We should handle it internally. And, and maybe we'll announce after we're all squared away and it's all over. That's something that happened in the past, but that no one, no one should see our messy middle. And I think that that is, is very, very detrimental to women's mental health. And I think it hurts relationships. And I think it hurts relationships for men and women, because I think that uh, everybody wants emotional intimacy. Like that's a, a very basic human need. So, um, yeah, so be difficult was like my cry of the heart to change yeah. these relationships. Oh, and to add candy, it's I once I started writing the book, I was like, oh, I do this. Like I do all of these things that I advise people not to do. I'm sure you find that as well. And so I, you know, it was also a process for me. I, I had a funny thing where someone was being very rude in a, uh, <laughs> in a movie theater. And I was like, I wanted just to say, could you, this person had, had a flashlight going in a very, and I wanted to say, could you turn off the flashlight? But I'm very conflict averse. And then I was like, I'm writing a book called Be Difficult. I can politely ask someone to please turn the flashlight off in the movie theater, right? Yeah. And as soon as I did, everyone around him was like, thank you, thank you. Um, but it was, but it was hard because he yeah. was irritated and I hate that, you know, but it's, we need to normalize people, yep. people yep. speaking up in a way that isn't hostile. Yeah. So leaning into conflict. One hundred percent. I know you also have the myth of like the low maintenance woman. And I tell you back when I was in my codependent days, that was like me to a T. Like I was the friend that, oh, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go to dinner? Oh, it doesn't matter wherever you want to go. It's cool. Like, it's fine. It was easy. I was like the best, best friend, the best, best daughter, the best, best girlfriend, but never like asking or I didn't never want it to be needy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But then I realized you're a human being and having needs isn't being needy. It's just being real. And I used to believe, because um, like your work just was like really hitting home. I had the complete delusion of what authenticity was. I thought I'm so mm -hmm. authentic. I'm just so everything, nothing bothers me. It's so cool. And it's just like, no, that's A, not the actual definition. So get a dictionary. <laughs> and B, that's delusion. That's yeah, nothing. A lie. You know, that's that's coping. That's not good. That's self-sabotage. It's all the wrong things. We're truly being your authentic self is saying, I like this. I don't like this. Yes, that's okay with me. No, it's not okay with me. It's knowing yourself and dating yourself and getting clear on who you are and also getting clear on who you're not 
And then being able to have that safe vulnerability and intimacy with friends or a romantic partner or family and say, hey, you know what? This is who I am and you don't have to like it, but I really want you to love it, you know, yeah. and I want to love those bits about you too. So um, I want you to know it, right? I want I you to know it. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. who I really am. Yeah. This is who I really am. Yeah. So do you have any other guidance for, for women who might find themselves in that low maintenance category where they just sort of live their life on default mode, you know, I just default to you, default to what you want. Yeah. Like there are some things that they can do to start to to get to know themselves and get that confidence to to show people that. First I would offer that being low maintenance is it's buying into the idea that if you don't cause any trouble that people will be loving and loyal to you forever. Yep. And it it doesn't even work, right? Like if it worked, I might be like, okay, well, if staying together <laughs> is more important than anything else, I guess that'll probably work. It doesn't, right? We think mm -hmm. of all these tropes of like long suffering wives who are left in middle age for the younger version and, you know, or the um, kind of put their head down and work person who, mm -hmm. you know, never gets ahead, but always does what's asked for them. And then the cocky young upstart like swoops in and takes the promotion, right? We we're not even rewarded for it in <laughs> no. the long term. We are in the short term, but that's just conflict avoidance, right? So first we have to call it what it is. You're just afraid of conflict. It's not that you're actually low maintenance. And then it's degrading, right? I don't think they call men low maintenance, right? It's, it's, I have a line in my book that like lawn care can be low maintenance. Mm -hmm. Like maybe a car could be low maintenance. A human being isn't supposed to be low maintenance. Like that's, it's, it's degrading, right? Who wants yes. to, be, it's like AstroTurf. Like, no, I want to be a, a, a beautiful garden that has to be carefully tended to, right? Yeah. It's, a, it doesn't, it doesn't help you get what you want being low maintenance. So again, I think that the way to look at this is it doesn't have to be extreme. The pendulum does not have to swing completely the other way where you feel like you're stamping your foot feet and not like being collaborative, <laughs> right? Collaboration is really important, but it's, it's just a good idea to practice, right? If you are the one who always says anywhere, anywhere, like I'm happy to go anywhere you want to go, you know, it's like, it sounds so basic, but it's mm -hmm. pick, pick the restaurant because your friend is going to say, where do you want to go? And you're going to want so badly. It's going to feel like a real emotional risk. So let's not pretend it, it does. doesn't, right? It sounds so little, but it's going to feel, you're going to feel anxious. You're going to, you're going to have this instinct to say, I'd love sushi, but never mind if you don't like, so, you know, instead of just saying, how does sushi sound? Right. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean like your friend says, oh, I'm actually allergic to fish. You say, well, <laughs> I said sushi, you know, it's, it's not like that. It's just saying, oh, okay. Okay. Well then how about, you know, then you, you kind of work it out. And it certainly doesn't mean that you're no longer open to what other people need and want. It's this idea that because you know who I am, because you're clear on where I'm coming from, I can be generous with you because I know you're going to be generous with me. Right. And then again, mm -hmm. we're in this like healthy feedback loop of, you know, I'm meeting my husband for dinner after this and Aww. he has this restaurant he loves. And I'm always like, eh. But tonight I was like, it's your turn. I know where you want to meet. I will see you there. I don't even have to ask you, you know, and that this is, it creates this positive feedback loop where next time, you know, 
he, he we won't he'll be like a, he'll jump right in to say I, I want to go where you want to go so yeah that's yeah I love that and what came up for me when you were saying that is that's what creates a an interdependent relationship where it's okay for me to say tonight we'll go here and then next time we'll go here rather than one person always deferring to the other one and the one person always coming from the place of you know authority on the situation i love that and i know for me um i used to hate i mean hate it if anyone said i was being selfish Mm. or um and i and i know you can talk about this but the like gaslighting and the love bombing where for me it would be, well, you're just being very sensitive. I grew up in a household where if I had any pushback, because we all had our roles in my household. And for me, it was the straight A, said nothing, did nothing, perfect, never got in any trouble, little, perfect little girl. So anytime Mm -hmm. I said something, it'd be like, oh, you're just being sensitive. You're just being too sensitive. You're You're just being too sensitive about it. And so do you have any other you know, examples or red flags of that type of things where your sense of self is being eroded because people around you are saying, oh, you're being too sensitive or you're taking it the wrong way or, or you know, you're overreacting or things like that. Are there any other signs for that? Yeah. It's very hard if that's your your home, right? Because when you're a child, that's the water you're swimming in. And so you're like, okay, I guess I'm too sensitive. Like that's what they can, that's what the water, that's what the water's like in here. And so there's a, there is, so there's sort of two different areas here where a family of origin issue where, so you grew up, it sounds like it was like, uh, say nothing, need nothing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's a very specific kind of uh, mantle, right? That your family is putting on you unintentionally. I'm sure there was a lot. Yeah, of, like, oh yeah, no, they're they're lovely. We're we're very yeah, close yeah. To I, family, and, but, and when we oh, talk about family that. stuff, yeah. we're just looking at patterns. It's not exactly. to like villain make anyone the villain or anything. It's like what are patterns, and everyone has like their role that they're playing. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure for you, it's been a real journey of looking at like, oh, this is why I do that. And mm-hmm. and certainly therapy can help with that. And journaling can help with that. And sort of taking that wise mind or stepping into that observing self to notice like, what are the relationships I always end up in? Like, what are the complaints I always seem to have? Mm-hmm. And then obviously I'm bringing an energy to this that I need to look at if I'm not happy and how this is going. So you correct me where I, where I'm wrong, but what I imagine is you suddenly noticed that you always second guessed what you were feeling like that you'd have the feeling and then immediately start talking yourself out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's even harder to speak up because you actually don't even know what to speak up about because you spent all your time going, Oh, that hurt my feelings. You're being too sensitive, right? Because you have this internalized voice where you shouldn't feel that way because they were tired that night and you have this whole, so that's the other thing. You're having the whole conversation in your head without having it with the other person, right? Who could maybe clarify a little bit what they actually mean. So that's if, so we all have stuff like that, that we Mm -hmm. come out of our family, families of origin with. You also can look at if you're in a relationship in addition to seeing is is just is there something that seems to keep happening but we can look at whether we're feeling resentful whether we feel exhausted and sad whether we feel jealous of what other people have i i call these the weather vane emotions and we always <laughs> have them 
because it's a weather vane, right? Yeah. It's like, what am I missing in my life that I'm jealous or what is happening that I'm resentful? Resentment in particular is always that you didn't set a good amount boundary. A hundred percent. People with good boundaries never feel resentful, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, I let something happen that I shouldn't have. Something has been crossed and now mm -hmm. I need to fix and now I need to make a repair. Um, but those are, those are, we have to stay aligned and aware of our internal emotional experience. And that, that takes some practice. Again, we're, we're kind of taught to like numb out or to distract ourselves or to, you know, have not even enough time, like busyness, or we're on our phone all the time to think and really check in with ourselves. And that's where I think if you can check in with yourself, if you can notice how you're feeling, and if you can say, what is this feeling telling me about my situation? That's how we know um, when we need to make a change or repair or speak up. No, that's so true, especially with resentment. Like I know sometimes people will like with the boundaries, it's like, well, I always say yes to you. I always defer to you. I always do so much for you. And then the one time you have the courage to say, can you do this for me? And the person just is living their life and they're like, oh, well, no, I can't. Then you get upset and you get angry and you get mad and resentful. Cause it's like, how dare you not betray yourself the way I always betray myself for you? You know? Right. 100%. Really? Yeah. Bad in that situation going on. And if I'm not allowed to say no to you, then you're not allowed to say no to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then we're not, we're also just, I mean, they're, of course they can just be living their life, but we're also, maybe <laughs> they're setting a boundary and actually they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to do that. People yeah. are allowed to do that too. Mm -hmm. 100%. So how, um, do you have any advice for dealing with that dynamic within your relationship with, you know, your romantic partner or your friendships, but also with children do you notice that with any parent to child dynamic um can you say a little bit more about that in the parenting with the which way like to kids to parent or parents to kids like parents to kids like if you notice that your child doesn't really speak up when they want something or if you notice that your child isn't communicating effectively or is displaying any of these type of like codependent, scared of being difficult, scared of speaking up, not setting boundaries with people. Is there anything that you can do to sort of step in or, or help it or help out with that so they don't grow up having those same challenges? Yeah, completely. Um, the main thing we can do with our kids is to be curious about their experience, be there for them when they need to talk name what we see is happening in a way that is checking in with them. So that can be like, um, you know, oh, I, I, I saw that, you know, so-and-so didn't say hi to you at, you know, at breakfast or something. Yeah. Is there, is there, do, is there, and then now you seem a little bit sad. Is there anything you want to talk about? You know, we want to leave it open and we can also help give them help, not give them, but help them come up with scripts. We can role play with them, how they want to uh, be talking to people and how, and ask them how they want to be support, <laughs> supported. A hard thing with parenting is either missing something completely or seeing something and totally jumping in. And I think we're often reacting to our own childhoods and we usually the pendulum has swung too far one way or or the other way. And as kids get older, so much of it is about respecting their boundaries, actually, and, and checking in with them. Um, 
I'll share. I have a funny story about my 13 year old daughter. She, uh, I was very, I, I was very people pleasing as, as a kid, no surprise. And, um, and she is kind of people pleasing, but she said that a friend had done something to her and I went total mama bear. Like I was like, there's always a problem with this person. And, you know, I don't think you can trust her. Like I really, I was activated and it was my stuff from my childhood friendships. And my daughter, you know, 13 years old said, um, mom, sometimes when, <laughs> sometimes when I talk to you about my friends, I just want you just to listen and vent. And I appreciate that you're trying to protect me, but right now I just want you to listen. And if I want advice on how to handle it, I will ask you. I was like, Whoa! <laughs> I was like Francesca. That was such good boundaries. Yes. No. So yeah. So hopefully we um, you know, so much of having kids who have good boundaries and can speak up for themselves is is having a relationship with them where they can do it to you. One hundred percent. Right. And how we, you can talk to me. You can tell me anything, and we can work out anything as long as we're respectful for each other. It doesn't mean you can act out any way, but you can say any say anything, and um, and that we can we can kind of find our way to a solution together. And so your main source of teaching is is that interaction by far. I love that. It reminds me of um, that Brene Brown story where she talks about she was like really busy and she was doing all this, just, you know, doing one thing and the next thing and the next thing. And like, I think one of her children, I think it was her son had a swim meet and the family was going to go. And she was like, you know, what? I'm just really tired. And she was like, I'm just not going to go. So she doesn't go. And then like the next week there's an event or like a dinner that the family's having. And the son is like, well, you know, I, I don't really want to do this. I want to do something else. And she's like, Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I didn't know we were allowed to say no. Like I didn't know we were allowed to opt out of something. So it really reminds me of, of what you're saying where the children yeah. are like, hey, you know what? Like I'm allowed to speak up and create a boundary and say, this is what I need from you. This is how I need you to support me in this situation. And I think that's just like 100%. so beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. True modeling, right? And uh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I really felt that when she was like, he said he didn't know that he was allowed to say no. Because I think a lot of us feel like, we're not allowed to say no, or if I do say no, or if I do push back, or if I am difficult, mm -hmm. the underlying fear is that like, well, then somehow I'm not going to be enough and you're going to leave me. It's that like abandonment fear of it's like- the abandonment. It's so primal. I, so if I have any type of pushback, then like, you're not going to want to be my friend. You're not going to want to date me. You're not going to want to love me anymore because now you have to maintain me and I have needs and I have wants and I have all of this other stuff. So it's easier for me to give, give, give rather than have to like need anything because as long as I'm doing for you, then I'm of value to you mm -hmm. and then you won't ever leave me. Which That's right. obviously is a fantasy and a myth and all of that stuff. Cause like you said, yeah, you get the reward in the moment, but it's not even a reward. It's just the conflict aversion. But in the end, you'll probably get left <laughs> because you're not really being, you assigned. might be, that's for sure. And then you'll have a lot of regret, right. About all of that time ahead of mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And the, you know, I almost can't overstate that fear of abandonment and this, mm -hmm. you know, very primal fear of being left and being kind of like voted out is so deep within us. And I've had, 
this experience myself and talk to a lot of people where sometimes you even need to say something to someone and you don't even, it's like, what am I so afraid of? I don't think they're going to punch me in the face, you know, or in a lot of cases, I don't think we're going to get divorced, you know, what am I so afraid of? And then it's almost like I would almost rather be sick with worry or Uh anger. I'd almost rather make myself sick than have this difficult conversation. And we have to really be aware of that tendency in ourselves and, and really develop, figure out what we want to say. That's the clarity piece. And then have the courage to, to say it, to say it and to say it to the person who needs to hear it instead of to everybody else and not the person who's there, which is what we also do. Yeah. 100%. Do you have any guidance on if you find yourself in a relationship and you see that your partner is the one who's who has the codependent issues and the the fear of abandonment and all of that. Because I know me and my partner once, he when we first started dating, he we would go on walks together, and then one day he he was like, "Oh, like, do you really want to go on the walk?" And I was just like, "Well, I, I'll go if you want me to go, but like, I don't have to go." He's like, "Really?" He's like, I can, "He's like, I can just go, and it's okay for you to stay." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm only going because you want me to go. Like, I don't really care. Go." He was like, "Really? That would be so good, you know." But we, but because in his last relationship, like, it would be a fight if he wanted to go on a walk by himself. Okay, even <laughs> so just take that little bit of time. Yeah, and yeah. to me, I was like, what? I don't care. Like, knock yourself out. I'm going to go watch The Housewives. Like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> like, do whatever. And so are there anything that we can do if we see our partner, you know, never picking the restaurant or always deferring or never having an opinion, and we kind of see that in them and we're on the receiving end of it? Yeah, I think we can just invite them to share around, you know, and and the frame can be, I feel like you keep a lot of yourself from me. And I feel like you don't share your opinions and thoughts about things. And I care about you a lot. And I'm really here to know you. And sometimes I feel like you withhold a lot from me. And I think we could get closer if you didn't. And is there something I'm doing to block that process for you? Or is there a way I can make it easier for you? But that's about it, right? Because people are responsible for themselves. So certainly you can say that. And the other thing is normalizing, like to use your example with your partner, it would be okay if he said to you, listen, I just, I need to get lost in my thoughts. I want to take a walk on my own. I'll be back in, in an hour. And let's say he did that and you felt like you hadn't seen him all week and you'd really been looking forward to this time together. And then you're finally together and he wants to spend an hour on his own and you are deeply, deeply hurt. (laughs) That's how it goes, right? Like we're we're humans. We all have different needs and expectations. And so for him to come back and you to say, you know, I know I said it was okay, but I want to share with you that I felt hurt because I was excited to spend time together. And I kind of feel like we finally got to spend time together and you like wanted to go do your own thing. And obviously I appreciate your speaking up for what you need. And I'm not, you know, obviously you can take a walk. I'm not trying to control what you do. I just want to share that I'm feeling a little hurt. I feel a little wounded. And probably that vulnerability will open your partner to say, 
Oh man, I can see that. I was worried about that, but I just feel like I'm so ruminating on this thing that happened at work. And I just felt like I'm not going to pay attention. And I just wanted to take this walk and shake it off. Right. And so now you've both shared and now you can just move on with your evening, you know? So it's not to say, I think where we fall into, into traps is this idea that some feelings are not okay. Some experiences are not okay. And that we have to decide whether we sort of have the right to be angry before we say something. And, and we don't like, we, we're never allowed to lash out and be abusive. We are always allowed to say what we're feeling. And I, I like to call it speaking for your feelings instead of from your feelings. Right. So from your feelings is you don't love me we have one night together and you just left for a walk by yourself. That's speaking from your feelings. Speaking for your feelings is I feel sad and kind of rejected that you basically <laughs> put off right when you got here. And I just want to share that. I feel rattled about that. And I want to talk yeah. about it. I want to be able to share how I'm feeling. That's speaking, you know, for your feelings. And that can yeah. be very productive. I love that. It can be productive. I think that level of vulnerability is like, can be scary at first, Totally. But I, but you're right though. But that's what actually creates true intimacy with someone, mm-hmm. where it can be a little scary to speak, you know, for your feelings, you know, and speak up and be like, you know, this is who I really am and this is how I really feel. You know, that can be scary. But it's sort of like working through that is when you get to like that true connectivity with someone, that true foundation 100%. of we're together in this, and it's. And it's also a good way to see if this person is like a safe person for you. Like if they can hold space for you talking for your feelings in a loving way, then they're really earning that trust. They're owning, they're earning the true authentic you because they can hold that space for who you are. Right. And if they can't, that is very important information to have as early as possible, right? Like what would it be like if your relationship got off on the foot that, you never had to worry or guess or project what was going on with your partner because you knew they would tell you. Mm-hmm. And you never felt like you had to eat a feeling or pretend something was happening that, that it wasn't because you knew you could speak for it. And neither of you found that threatening in the, in the other. Like that would be, that would be really amazing. That would be amazing. And I think it would also like stop so much like needless suffering Oh my because, God. Because then we just make up a story because it's like, oh, well, he didn't say this. So it must mean this, 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 this. And then we convince ourselves of a story that we literally just made up. That's and this right. must be why, but, <laughs> you know, and That's it's right. like you said earlier, like, well, they should just know what I think or feel. It's like, well, no, no one's a mind reader and, and neither are we. We can't read their minds of what they're thinking and what they're feeling. That's and right. That's, and we yeah. spend so much time just projecting our inner world onto our partner and everybody, but on our partner in particular. And if we take responsibility for that and we're with someone who's taking responsibility for their projections, it's, it's a lot less suffering for sure. Definitely. It'd be a lot healthier relationships too. A lot healthier. Yeah. A lot more fulfilling. Yeah, oh, this time has been so good together. Thank you so much, Tanya. I've learned so much myself, and I'm sure everyone who's watching and listening has learned so much as well. So if you had to leave us with one 
kernel of wisdom or one insight, whether we talked about it or not, just something that you think is really, really important for us to know? What's that, uh, what's that one thing for us? Being honest and being able to say uncomfortable things and being able to sit with all of the feelings that come up to, you know, around your own anxiety or fear and in order to calmly share with another person who you are is the only route to satisfying relationships. So practicing that and taking some risks that way and really, really diving into what you need to say and, and preparing to say it to the person who needs to hear it will, will transform all of your relationships. Mm, I love that. I love that. And where can we find you and where can we buy your book? The book isn't out yet. Um, maybe I'll, I'll, sh I'll, maybe I'll come back when the, when the yeah, book definitely come back. I would love that. Yeah. But I'm on, I share a lot of content on Instagram. So it's Tonya Lester psychotherapy. And also I have a, a psychology today blog. So it's just psychology today, Tonya Lester. All right. And I will have everything linked down in the show notes and the description box as well. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for watching and thank you so much for listening. Um, if you feel so inclined, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review. And also, if you need some support, check out all the links down below. We have courses and books and, of course, this podcast. So thank you so much, Tanya. And like everyone, take care of yourself and each other. And we will see you next time. Bye. Take care. Thanks again. You too. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer, Candy Washington, helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go.